Tales of Teladar, from the perspective of Loon Avois. Chapter 4, Further Events in the Destroyed Town of Kresk. Finally, a worthy opponent. I leveled my sword at the Hobgoblin. Then a blazing beam of energy slammed into my opponent, and two more flew into the other assailant. I looked to see that Shava had laid that hit. I then ran to the remaining hobgoblin and let out a flurry of attacks. She dodged three, but missed the fourth. I carved her chest open with an uppercutting slash. Then my body was filled with electricity. I just barely dodged the oncoming lightning surge. Then there was an ear-popping crack as I turned to see Shava snapping her fingers. Many of the reinforcements just fell to the ground. The remaining attacker stepped back and I flew toward the female hobgoblin and cut her down with a final slash. Do better. I said as she fell to the ground. Then I backed off to the statue base and tucked myself behind the cracked stone. There was a shattering boom as the house that Grim had flown into exploded. Then I saw Shava cook some approaching foes with her flamethrower. Then the wizard hobgoblin touched the captain who wielded a greatsword. The large hobgoblin started to fly with astral wings. He flew toward my cover and ready to javelin. I tucked down behind the statue and heard a heavy chunk from the other side of the stone. Then raven's calls were heard. A cloud of ravens flew over the battlefield and a black figure dropped. He rose from the snow and snapped his fingers. The opposing forces were engulfed in flames. I then noticed it was Jaximus. Shava proceeded to shoot a goblin through the head and I heard the arrow impact another fleshy object. I peeked around the statue and saw that the captain had fallen from his flying height. I snapped my fingers and a silver bell hung over him. It tolled and he appeared to age rapidly. I looked over at Shava. Her health wasn't looking too great. I tried to use gentle prayer. An X appeared in front of me. What do you mean out of range? I grumbled. Damn it. Then Grim ran up and started calling out something. He was in the middle of a horde of goblins. Loon, they aren't real. It's an illusion. Grim called. The goblins were clipping and running through him. As the goblins ran through me and everything, the big hobgoblin got up and saw Grim. A crazed, barbaric look came into his eyes, and both the hobgoblins ran to attack Grim. Grim tanked a few hits from the hobgoblins. I slid behind a wood beam and whispered a gentle prayer. Grim's smaller wounds healed. Then, he held his hand in the air. A beam of radiance fell from the sky and flowed through his veins. Glowing light beamed out of his wounds and sealed them in an instant. He then cast a spell that gave him a helmet of glowing light. He ran toward me and ducked down behind my cover. The hobgoblins ran back to their fort. I tried to shoot them, readying my longbow, I arched a shot, and... broke the bowstring. Crap, Grim, hand me your bow. He handed it over and I racked another arrow. This time I just missed. Grim tried to make a few shots and also missed. We eventually gave up pursuit and went to one of the disheveled houses to lick wounds. I sat and started tending to wounds. Looking at my health, I restored about 23 hit points. Grim sat in a corner and started repairing the damage dealt to his armor. And Jacksmith lost his staff. I helped him look and eventually offered him one of my crystals I brought, Duvalt. He reluctantly accepted and paid me 10 gold. While I was helping him look, however, I found another bow. I spent some time restringing my old one. After a while, I noticed that Shava was gone and started to look for her. I left the ramshackled house and started tracking her down. I started to think of it as a hunt rather than as a search, and activated some old instincts. Her footprints appeared to glow in my vision. Shrinking down, though, I started following her tracks. 
Eventually, I came to a house that looked fine compared to all the rest. As I approached, I heard a muffled voice that sounded like Shava's. Then I heard a sound like wood being thrown on wood. Then nothing. And then Shava's muffled voice responding. Then, another clunky sound of wood on wood. Then Shava opened the door. She looked down at me. I had shrunk down to be about five feet tall and was thus shorter than her. What are you doing? I asked. She just shrugged in response. Well, come on, try to stay with the party. We both headed back to the crumbled house we sheltered in. After a few more moments of fixing things and patching scars, we heard something. Crackling fire engulfed the house when we all dived out of the windows. I willed adrenaline into my veins, causing my body to deal with the burns faster, and I rolled in the stove to extinguish all the flames on my clothing. I got up to see two hobgoblin wizards now running away. One stopped to pull out a gold-laced vial and flicked it into the air. The aerosolized liquid turned into ice and drew up snow from the ground to form a great elemental. I locked onto the near wizard and turned to Grim. Grim, springboard! He raised his shield as I leapt toward him and jumped onto the shield. His arm cushioned as I bent my knees into the jump. His shield flew out and I leapt, flying off into the air. I landed 30 feet away and took off after the nearest wizard. Running after him, I swung my sword, letting out an eldritch blast. The wizard turned and cast shield in response. A glowing wall appeared in front of him. The white energy cut through the spell into the wizard. Jacksmith then ran quicker than anything I've seen before and cast again. Fireball. The hobgoblin wizard was engulfed in flames and reduced to scorched husk of a man. He turned back to us and pulled out a dagger. I walked up to him and put my blade in his chest. Come on. Do it, and you cowardly pointy elf. May you die a warrior. I shoved the sword into his chest, and he fell to the ground. We all regrouped and started talking. Eventually, we agreed that we should take to the keep and be done with it. We saw a raven fly off of the manor. It looked strangely familiar. Once we got there, we debated walking dead up the stairs or along the side of them. Shava eventually got tired and just walked up the stairs. Then she fell into a hole. Grim charged up after her and the door closed up behind her. I started to run my hands over the trap. The door was held close to the spring, making it impossible to open from out here. Then I saw the hinges were pointing outward. Grim took out his smithing tools and knocked the hinges out. After he pried the doors off, he climbed down. Shava held out, but fell into the spikes beneath and was now unconscious. Grim cut down the spikes and healed Shava a bit with one of my healing potions. He then climbed out and held down a rope. Shava started to climb, but was just lifted by Grim as he pulled up on the rope. It was now that Jacksonus walked up to the keep door and cast his favorite spell. Fireball. He snapped and then was rimmed by the red glow of flame and all of his fur was blown back. The fire cooked the door and some odd half-dozen traps that were now just dangling mechanisms. We then started walking into the room and Grim started searching for traps. He found and pointed out a tripwire. Jacksmith tried to tiptoe over the wire and did fairly well. That is, of course, until his back leg caught the tripwire and the ceiling opened. Rocks fell on him. He flipped over the first boulder and then got sandwiched by another rock. Grim went over and hefted Jacksmith over his shoulder. He tapped him with a glowing hand and Jacksmith's breathing normalized and the skull status was removed from his status list. Grim was apparently out of Leon hands and I had already used my health potions, having drunk one myself and given two to Shava now. 
I also knew that I couldn't pray again. Looking for a solution, I pulled up my status menu. After looking for a while, I closed it. Guys, I still have a spell slot left. I groaned. Grim turned at me with an angry stare. Why'd you just realize that? Shut up and get him over here. I laid my hands on Jaximus and cured his wounds. He blinked to consciousness. Jaximus left with Shava as both weren't feeling too great. Grim and I said that we would keep searching the keep. The two wounded went back and Grim turned invisible. We both started sneaking up the stairs. Grim stopped and I ran into his back. I looked up and saw that a statue was standing at the top of the stairs. What's that? I whispered. Fire trap, look on the ground for pressure plates. We both started scanning the steps for pressure plates and found about eight. Grim and I started discussing how we could deal with the trap and contemplated placing daggers underneath the plates until I asked, Can you just throw a rock at the statue? Grim seemed at a loss for words and just turned around and walked down the stairs. I stood next to him as he hefted the boulder and started walking up the stairs. He threw the huge rock at the statue while I was laughing like an idiot. The rock then flew and hit the statue with a bang. As the figure broke, it exploded in light and sound. I could not see for a moment, but when my vision restored, the statue was gone. As were the stairs. Grim started to scale the sheer wall and I threw a rope up to him. He lifted me up and we started to explore the manor. We walked to a doorway off the main balcony. Getting closer, Grim stopped me. He had seen some holes in the stonework and a small pressure plate on the doorframe. He tapped the plate and a small needle came out of the frame, dripping with poison. We cautiously entered the room. There were remains of what used to be furniture. Both of us started scanning for traps. Grim got really interested in a painting on the wall, and I found out that the one door in the room was not a door at all. Rather, it was an illusion spell. The doorknob was actually another poison needle. I tried to put my hand on the door, and it went straight through. Grim, come look at this. Grim walked over and tapped what I assume was his axe on the knob. The needle fell to the ground. He then stepped through the door and fell into a pit. I leaned through the door. Why didn't you check first? He responded by grumbling and climbing back up the rock wall. He then walked over and grabbed a sizable piece of furniture and threw it through the door. The floor that we would have jumped to crumbled under the weight. He proposed throwing me. I rejected. He then proposed jumping over with me. I also rejected. Then I was shoved from behind. I fell into the pit and turned to look upwards. The spell that made it look like there was a door there was dispelled, and I saw the hobgoblin archer and captain looking down at me. The archer took a shot and missed. Then he tripped and fell into the pit. I raised my silver sword and he fell onto it. I threw him off of my sword and saw that the captain was now plunging down at me. I raised my blade again and he fell on it. Grim then turned visible again. We heard a distant flapping. Everything went quiet. Until the sound faded off in the distance. Grim and I searched for the rest of the house and found nothing. So we went to regroup at the smithy that Shava found earlier. On approaching, we saw a young man. Grim made some conversation, and Jack's miss was already talking with him. I simply lied down in a corner and fell asleep. I dreamt that night of a day that felt long gone. It was during my leaving week. In fact, it was the day before I left. I had decided that I would bid farewell to my hunting troop last, and so we spent the night drinking and singing together. Eventually, at dinner, shock the troop leader, started telling stories from when I was younger. The older members smiled in recollection of days gone by. The younger ones laughed. We toasted my departure and split into the lounge. Jacques eventually came to where I was sitting. Resting next to me, we started talking. So, you're really leaving? 
He raised one eyebrow and looked at me from the side of his eye. Yep, I said. Tomorrow morning. And you're how old now? Forty-six. And you, you old geezer? The scar across his nose and cheek rippled when he smiled. Eight hundred and twenty-something, you young fool. We sat in silence for a moment. After sipping some scotch, he spoke again. Luna. Mm-hmm. You're going abroad, which means you will see things that will change you. Jacques, I... Yep. Just listen. His gaze obtained the look of an old and sad warrior. Dwaynar, I need you to promise me that you will not become cold and jaded. Live as yourself and free. <laughs> you sound so elvish. I know it is quite shocking that I might sound elvish. We have traditions and emotions for a reason. Do not forget that. Fine. I swear I won't get jaded. Good. I expect you to keep that. All right. Better than your master keeps his debts. Then I woke and wiped a tear from my sleepy eye. Sorry, Jacques. I started to pack up my things to leave Kresk. Tales of Teladar is written and produced by Alex Peer. All player characters such as Shava, Jaxmus, Grimm, and Loon are voiced by Alex Peer. All non-player characters are voiced by Luke Warner. The character Loon of Weiss is a character played by Alex Peer. The D&D game where we play in Teladar is a D&D game DM'd by Luke Warner. If you'd like to further support this podcast, consider subscribing to Nacho Warlock on YouTube and go check out our Patreon. For three bucks, you can get all the scripts to these and some behind the scenes of the YouTube videos. And for six bucks, you can help me pay Luke, because I don't have the money to do that. That tier also gets you some exclusive access to, uh, well, stuff that he writes and winds up not using in the campaign. So if you're looking for stuff like that, go check that out. And at that, I believe everything is over. If you have any suggestions for the podcast, please... DM me on Twitter, but until later, we here at Studio Warlock would like to say, safe travels, and happy hunting.